0: boy (laughs) (laughs) there's if you if you don't if you don't (laughs) laugh you'll cry it's Lee's talk. (laughs) jd bunkers sam mckee justin born okay so this is how i'm gonna start this i was shocked that i was shocked at this result
1: (laughs) Perfectly said, my man. Absolutely, (laughs) perfectly said.
0: Why? Why why am I shocked? Why? Why am I shocked? Why am I surprised? Leafs come out and the game. Okay, I'm not gonna say it was over in the first period, but boy, it sure felt over in the first period. They came out and here's what I here's what I never thought we were gonna be saying after game one because you know you guys know I'm a big fan of Real Kipper and Born. And I did my own show today, the J.D. Bunkus podcast, and I talked about the confidence that people have as a Maple Leaf fan. This is the one time of year where you can have it. I remember last year where the Leafs won game one and feeling like that's a great start, but the series has just begun. Mm-hmm. But I never thought we would be having mental fortitude conversations about this group after the first game of the series. Like that, I just did yeah. There were a lot of things on the bingo card that I would have put out there. I'm not sure that that one was going to be there, Borny. You know, my my first thought, you know, for like how this
2: whole thing unfolds is I thought they looked terrified to start that hockey game. You know, we spent a lot of time on our show teeing up the stakes for this. Kipper wrote a column about, you know, will Matthews leave if they lose? Dubis rumors in Pittsburgh. Like it felt like a lot rode on this. The pressure was high, no doubt about it. The favorites going in. And I thought every chance they got to puke on their skates in the first eight minutes, they did. You know, never hanging on to the puck and regrouping, never looking for, you know, holding on to it for an extra second. Everything was jittery, off their stick, turnovers. I just thought that was just a nervous start. You're behind the eight ball, 2 nothing. It's a long story from there, but that's my initial takeaway for how they got where they ended up. 100%. That's
1: the worst 10-minute stretch of hockey, I think. We watch every game this year. We do all these Leafs talks and talk about them. We watch them extremely closely. I can't remember them playing that bad a stretch of 10 minutes of hockey. Turnovers. Like, just tentative turnovers. Yeah. No direction with their play. No offensive instincts. No freedom to their game. Like, when the Leafs are rolling, it's getting pucks deep. It's freedom. It's it's just the the,
2: the aggressiveness that they play with. And they that had one. zero of that. It was that play there by Aston Reese is so bad to me. Like he has solid possession skate with it up the rink and he forces it into his teammates skates. All of a sudden Tampa's hanging around,
0: you know, and nothing from there. It's just such a rough start. It was uh, the worst possible start imaginable. Again, the, the depth was one of the stories in the series. Like if you look at this and you say, like Warren, you and I did this preview coming into today. Right. And, And what did we say? Well, you know what? The depth can't get killed by Tampa's depth because that was a story last year. You mm-hmm. can't take too many penalties because Tampa's power play was a story last year. Uh-oh. You've got to get solid goaltending. Where's this going, boys? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's be there. You've got to have composure, and that unquantifiable has got to be there. And it's like 0 for 4. You went 0 for 4. Like, the yeah. ble- biggest positives is injuries to Tampa that's not by far and it's a big one and we should get to that eventually
2: yes we will but the the next thing has got to be samsonov you know like the over pushing even on shots that didn't go in it's like he he was goaltending a soccer net how far he was pushing outside of the blue paint like it's still a hockey net it was it was a terrible showing from a guy they needed to at least be okay
0: yeah i I think that the samsonov were there pretty early in the game when the team was nervous he looked nervous too and 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 this is the thing where okay I, I hate doing this because it feels so f- like fatalistic after one game I'm really like I, nothing has changed too much for me in the series I think it was a really important game for Toronto they absolutely blew it I can understand a lot of pessimism but the Leafs look jittery and I don't know who it's supposed to be on but that is where having a calming presence of a winner matters in net like Samsonov being back there as the team in front of him is shaky and not being able to come up with one of those big early saves to keep the puck out of the net, you go, Oh, That maybe is where we talk about stuff like pedigree and mental fortitude because Sam, like McKee, what did we talk about when Samsonov was not really at his best this year? Right? It was the that's version exactly that up- what it looks
1: like. Well, that's like, exactly what it looks like. It's just it's it's jittery. It's over pushing, like Borny said. It's the it's just pucks are. Uh, hanging around the top of his blue paint he's kind of just looking around for it like the first two goals they scored the puck's just sitting in the blue paint that have bounced off of him he can't locate it nobody can locate it it's just not solid like it is when he's on his game and it just to me like Borny said that is the number one storyline to come out of this game for me I know they played badly but like yeah like that is a concern you don't want the guy who you were somewhat concerned about as a playoff performer and going into the playoffs here, who was red hot down the stretch, a huge plus for them down the stretch, to go in and as soon as the lights get bright, kind of pee down his leg here. Like that's the number one thing that you couldn't have happen.
0: Well you know the, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Bourne.
2: I was just going to say like, you know, when you talk about needing one, so the Belmar won the first goal, he bats in the middle of the net and he's just, he's pushed so far that he's not there anymore. But then the ones, the Kucherov shot with two two seconds left and a goal with one second left, you know, like you're just, you're making a, a bad situation and making it an impossible hill to climb. And just so we check all the major things before we dig on them, people yeah. are going to want us to mention the refereeing too. Uh, you know, Tampa's yeah, yeah. on power play eight minutes or sorry
0: oh, eight times. It feels like you're taking shots at my hosting skills here. You're like, hey, bunk. Like, just make sure that you have a full, <laughs> <three> <laughs> notes that you spent all game working on and actually crafting to make sure that we bounce around <laughs> the topics. Morton got no faith in me. Uh, it it was notable that for me anyway when they flashed the Samsonov as one and six in playoff games. Yeah, that, that was
1: a kick. That was a kick of the dick. That stat. I was yeah. like, <laughs> oh,
0: oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I went, oh. yeah. at the start he had I, i'm not gonna yeah. say i can understand the position if that's the story of the game for you guys to me it's just it's the slow start because it's a chicken and egg situation like maybe if he makes one of those saves the leafs settle in in a more timely fashion but it just felt like when toronto stepped out on the ice tonight the crowd was roaring the confidence of the fan base felt like it was pervasive throughout the city this team rolled into the playoffs hot. They didn't do a ton of resting. They kind of just blew their competition on the water. They were fresh off of beating Tampa Bay. And it was like the second the puck went into the net, they completely reverted to the pee down the leg team where they went, oh my God, this is happening again. And, and I, I've said it, like, I don't believe that ghosts are a thing where it's like the franchise is cursed, but I think ghosts are a real thing when energy in a building starts to go wrong and you have a group of players who have seen this before, and the other guys even around you that you bring in, you move all these parts, and you've got a Selkie winner in rally. you've got McKay back there, you've got Samsonov in net, you've got all these different players, and it's like, no, that can infect everyone else. And I think the opposite is true for Tampa, where tonight they're talking about their young defensemen stepping up and making all these great plays, and you go, how is Radish this good, this right? He's 40 what games again?" Because the winning side of that confidence, I think, is also pervasive. And so to me... Again, the story of the game was the mental side where Toronto just got caved in. And, yeah, they made a nice pushback later in the game. But, like, the hole they put themselves in was such a vulnerable one that if they didn't get spectacular goaltending, they didn't have, a, like, you know, a huge penalty kill. If they didn't survive a bad penalty, their margin for error was impossibly thin after that 3 nothing start. Yeah. yeah, You know what's crazy to me is there's a point in this game,
2: fellas, where they start the second period, they're down 3-0, people have written them off and they push, and they get a couple power plays, they convert, it's 3-2, like they're out playing Tampa, we're texting each other, okay, like we're alive yeah. here, terrible start, dug out of the hole, and, and they're looking good, and this is the thing with patience and staying with it, and you can't win the game all in one moment, and you know, the, obviously the penalties get the best of them there the the bunting play is a big one but it felt like this is a game where they could have got over the ner- nervousness JD and they showed some fortitude to score some goals and all of a sudden there's a moment where they're back in the hockey game and that's when I think people might be justified in saying this isn't just m- mental fortitude they got some bad calls things didn't go their way maybe that's when you'd want to see him rally but it got away from them at 3-2, and the, the, I think the, the camp slash is a pretty big call. I, I, thought, though-
1: they, I, I thought that they had, after they went down 2-zip in the first, I thought they had a bunch of great moments throughout the rest they of that period. Before, they settled yeah. in so well, and particularly the O'Reilly-Tavares-Kneelander line had multiple really dominant offensive zone shifts where they were really pushing it, and even in that period, I was like, okay, they're back here, They're fair, they're playing hockey, and then you get that, God, it's a tale as old as time in hockey, but goals at the end of periods like that are just, have always been killers. Since 1901, whenever you score a goal at the end of the period like that, it's just such a backbreaker. But I thought throughout the first period, they started playing well after they spotted them that lead. And throughout the uh, second period, I thought they had a ton of great hockey when they got back into it before a couple calls. So like, I I don't think it's a total dog performance. Like they had some moments, but God, it just is such a kick.
0: I just, I have a really tough time giving them so much credit when the pressure was off and they're down 3 nothing and they start to get some calls. Like, yes, there was a clear moment in the game where Toronto steals the momentum back, right? Bunting draws the penalty. Mm-hmm. Sam, they score on the power play. And a nice goal, too, right on the power play. Like, Marner walks the puck down, gives it to Devon, bumpers it right over to O'Reilly in the slot. He scores one and you go, damn, the O'Reilly on the power play thing really is nice. They get a bad, cheap penalty against them after a big Samsonov save. They make that kill, and then they come back and the penalty and they score. And you feel like, boy, the game is right there after that start. But again, hard for me to give too much credit to them for that stretch of play when, again, this is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the number one thing for most fans coming into this is, are you the same old Leafs, and do you carry the ghosts, and do you have the maturity to check those things behind? Of course they're going to play good stretches of hockey for them to have their worst 10 minutes of the entire NHL season to start the playoffs yeah. in year seven of this core is flat out inexcusable. Like, yeah. that is beyond yeah. the pale. So, yes, of course they're a good hockey team that's going to settle in later in the game. But that 10 minutes, if they end up losing the series, to me, it could end up being the defining 10 minutes of this entire series, and it happened in game one. I cannot believe it. And you know, when I look at
2: who played well for the Leafs there, I you know, I text you guys, it's tough to find guys. I thought Matthews was was there. I thought he back checked, he worked, he you know, he made plays, he had some shots. I thought Jake McKay was really good, physical, like good energy, pinching, play. Outside of that, I got sixteen dogs and a goalie that was no good. Like
0: it was it was lean picking. <laughs> Sixteen dogs and a goalie making no saves is not what you want in yeah, the playoffs. No, that, no, yeah, that is not the formula.
1: There was yeah, there wasn't a lot of great performances from the Leafs tonight. I had, but I, yeah. I would say I thought I liked O'Reilly a lot tonight too. But yeah, yeah. not a lot of great ones.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: again, sure.
2: We're seeing Nye's <laughs> nice.
0: We're seeing nice to, next game. Yeah, we're seeing nice. So let's get into this part of it. Is okay. Officials are obviously a hot story. McKee and I were dreading this because all season long we've tried to avoid ref talk i think it's the lowest common denominator to me the the penalties were real poor timing i did not like the camp slash at all it obviously had a huge impact on the game like a pretty massive impact on changed the, game. the whole game yeah but i will say though if you look like it is a slash it's a soft call but it is a slash like i don't know what to say about it like it's the timing of it this gets to what you want philosophically as a hockey fan. And like I was texting Versteeg, who's on my podcast tomorrow. And like, this is the league he loves, right? This is Everything this guy wants, which is every single ticky tack penalty. But this is what Leaf fans were calling for forever and ever, right? Like, this is what people have said is call the rule book, call the rule book, call the rule book. And then it happens. And now everybody's pissed. I don't, I don't really know where to weigh in on it. I hated it. That's not my style of thing that I want in a hockey game. I think that a, an official should have good timing of the flow of the game. I do think the big hit that happened right before it impacted that call. But boy, it's yeah. it's a tough it's a tough one for me to say that it was the refs that cost the Leafs this game in any way. Like, oh. ugh, I, I feel it's uneasy.
1: A, abs the, if any Leaf fan is saying that it's the the le- the refs that cost them this game, they're just out to lunch. There's no question that it was not it was the Toronto Maple Leafs that cost the Toronto Maple Leafs this game. It's clear, but. I think there was a lot of stuff that happened in this game. Slashes, ticky tack hooks and stuff. Like you can mm-hmm. talk to me about maybe the cross check on Shen, the one that was a bit of a bad call, but like that, a tap on the stick It was it whatever. I don't want to get into the but the tap on the stick in a big momentum situation after a massive hit and all this stuff's going on in the building and that it just was an unnecessary call to me and like I just hate that we're sitting here talking about the game being called uh, changed by one call like that. That yeah. camp call completely changed the whole game. Like the Leafs well, were, they had they had their tails up. They were playing well. They were had momentum, and they go on that power play. And I guess you could say maybe kill a penalty, but they uh, that that really cost them. That call. It's, it's
2: wild that they went zero for eight. Tampa went zero for eight last time they were there a week ago. They go four for eight tonight. Kucherov hits a one timer. He did a you know one of his fake slap passes into the middle of the mm-hmm. point. He hits point for a goal. Like Kucherov did the things that we know that they can do. Part of the expectation for this game was keep Tampa off the power play because you know what they can do. You know the bunting play on Chernak. You know so it's four two at that point. And it's such a dumb play. It's Idiotic. so, and he's not going to play the next game because this is a headshot. It's a cheap hit. He's going to get suspended. It's a dumb play. So if you can say the camp uh,
1: play changed the game, that play sealed, sealed the it. game. Yeah, That was a totally selfish, dumb play. And we've talked about this all year with this guy in terms Boy. of him like this is, we, we honestly talked about this. Like I think last lightning Leafs talk bunk about how you were going to have a moment in one of these big games where you're going to be afraid to have Michael bunting on the ice because he's going to do something that costs you the game. And Dude. he went out there and he did it. It's
2: only four two Keefe, At that point,
0: Sheldon Keefe had to be sick to his stomach. He, he spent himself. like, I'm really trying to not get emotional about this one because this was actually the part of the game that made me the most frustrated is like, you try to defend bunting like throughout this game, he's diving around. He's trying to draw penalties in pretty embarrassing ways to the point where finally, when he even does get smoked by turn like the Leafs get that first power play goal. Even then the refs are like, Oh, we God, got, I guess we have to do this for this yeah. diver. Yeah. This guy all season long, Sheldon Keith had been trying to bench him, move him down the lineup. Try to make him get the message clear. Stop diving and try to play within the emotion of the game without losing your cool. They get in the biggest game of the season. They get a bad call that goes against them. A puck goes in the net. They've lost a bit of the momentum, but the game is absolutely not over. And the guy goes and takes a viciously stupid cheap shot on a guy that's not paying attention right in front of the officials as the game is in, hanging in the balance.
2: They literally traded Kadri for far more
0: defensible plays. Oh, my God. Yes. It is It is beyond infuriating to watch Michael Bunting do that. And when he skated across the ice to leave the game, I cannot believe Sheldon Keefe didn't hurl. Where he goes, <laughs> my whole season was trying to get you in check. Everybody uh, kept looking uh, at uh, this like, what is Keefe doing? Just keep the line together. This is a great top line. He worked at it. He worked at it. He worked at it. And Michael Bunting did nothing to reward them. And frankly, like, I am at the point where that penalty, that cost them so dearly. Nice comes in. He gets his opportunity. Yarnkroc is absolutely not coming off the top line for the rest of this playoff series. To me, it's it's genuinely like, I'm not sure if I'm Sheldon Keefe, if I put Michael Bunting back on on this. Like, I'm not sure he gets back out on the ice. Well, I
1: was actually going to say before you said that, that he might miss more than one game, but not due to suspension. Like if, if, if Gnaiz comes in, like you said, in game two, which he's going to be because there's no way he doesn't escape suspension here. And he comes in and has any sort of positive impact. Like I, this guy's a free agent in the off season. You're at your wits end with him. You're at, you're at did your you wits like, end with them. You're like, yeah, man, I, I can't put you back in there for what you did in game one. Like I, you, I've tried to build trust with you all will. year.
0: That's his
2: son. That's his son. Uh, Has there,
0: I don't know. Son might've been
1: kicked out of the house today, pal. It's
0: <laughs> like, it's finally the tipping point. Yeah. Has there ever been a more productive leaf on a cheaper contract, especially salary cap era, where coming home and taking less money who has been less popular and less embraced by than Michael Bunting by this fan base. I don't know.
2: He was beloved for a bit. Like he, you know, first year of the deal, maybe, I don't know. Until everyone
1: kind of caught on. I feel what? like what until everyone kind of caught on. It felt like,
0: yeah. Yeah. But, cause I'll know, tell you that leaf fans. I know the thing I get for when it comes to Bunting is not, wow, great play. It's embarrassing over and over and over again. So, so,
2: the, they, they score on the power play. Is it in?
0: I don't know. I, I think it was in. The the, penalty, the the shot they showed during the intermission, you guys saw that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's in. Is it in? Here it's here. It's brutal, calling it on the ice. I don't know, man. The puck's tucked up into the net. Like, it's got I feel like i
2: over that line.
0: I, I just think once the call is what it is on the ice,
2: I understand that they don't want to overturn it, but... I don't know. I don't know. It was a, it was I, really I weird him. one.
1: It was a really yes. weird one. And it's under his pad. He pushes his pad. Like I, I thought he had a case with the goalie interference challenge, which by the way, I didn't like it. Like Everyone's like, Oh yeah, I think it was a fine. I mean, that was a bit of an aggressive play to put yourself down five, put yourself five on three on the penalty kill end on what's game. looking end the game. It's a bit of a, an aggressive play. And Borny, you were alluding to this today on real Kipper and born talking about how Sheldon Keefe, you know, getting backed into a corner here. He feels it going south. He might be resorting to do some wild stuff. Yeah. That was a bit of a wild move.
2: Yeah, I thought Simmer did a pretty good job, like, uh, explaining why he would do it. Like, it's like, if this counts, we're pretty much screwed. But, you know, you go down five on three. Again, it, they should kill that off, and Samsonov should probably net not let rolling backhanders through his five hole, and maybe it ends up being Correct. no story.
0: But the- it went game. in. Yeah,
2: Yeah, 5-2 going into the third. At least you can talk about it intermission. 6-2, it's like, put in the AHL kid. Figure it out. So No no gooning in the third period,
0: by the way. Sorry. What'd you say? Just no gooning in the third period. Weird end of the game. That's all. Yeah, but I think that they probably got the message that now being without Bunting going into that game, like, hey, we cannot afford anybody getting knocked out of another game. We need to be... As we, we can't be shorthanded here. That's going to be Tampa potentially because of an injury. That can't be us because of suspension. So what did you think of Keefe just overall in this game, Borney? Because, yeah, I do think that he was a pretty big talking point. The challenge did backfire. Um, yeah. What did you make of just Keefe in general? Because they were talking about him like, hey, he was keeping early. And I went, all right, fine. He was what early? Sorry? They were talking about him keeping his composure early on the bench yeah. as they were down. And I was like, all right, I guess. But ultimately, the gamble to not (laughs) – let's put it this way. Uh, I'll lead the witness a little bit. Uh, Zach Aston Reese, and Sam Lafferty were the bubble guys, and we all said you can't have them play – or sorry, you can't have Knives play over them because what if Knives makes an egregious move in his own end? And it's them that does it. And then it's like you need the bottom six to be able to score – They weren't very threatening tonight. Yeah, sure. The O'Reilly, Tavares, like, Nylander line had moments. I thought that they looked good. and There was a lot of special teams in this game, but it wasn't exactly like they dominated. Yarn Kroc ends up actually scoring a goal up with Matthews and Marner, a guy where a lot of people thought that's where he should have been in the first place. Bunting ends up costing them huge when he is getting those extra minutes. And, yeah, he does make a big challenge in the game that doesn't go his way. So, like, it's hard to hit.
1: That is leading the witness.
2: Holy hell. He, yeah. Yeah. Objection. Yeah. <laughs> it's the stage. You know, the, uh, you oh know it, it, a lot of the things did not go well. I will say I loved Sam Lafferty.
0: Boy, <laughs> you better not be his defense attorney. Like,
2: that's no, how you start the defense. I loved Sam Lafferty tonight. He was really good. I Zach Aston Reese, that. you know, no nothing. Guess. nothing there no for again. me. No no value, no hits, no, you know, just nothing. So, yeah, that that one didn't pan out. Um, Otherwise, I think the real gamble is, you know, loading up two lines and the second line did look pretty good. But, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a little frustrated that the, you know, that Marner gets three points out of that game, two second assists on the power play and a, uh, you know, a down five goals assist to to come away with a three-point night. Wasn't very good. You know didn't didn't influence the game in in any way Matthews gets two points, and I thought he was fine, but you know i it's gonna come down to those guys, you know, can they be the difference makers and they weren't they just weren't tonight,
0: yeah, can I just say one thing about Marner that he gets those three points i I wasn't feeling the Mitch Marner game like he to me early on when Tampa was playing really physical, I thought boy, he's getting crunched a couple of times here. Like, he's not able to get to his spots in the same way. And then there was a play on the power play. I know he made the nice little pass that started the tic-tac-toe for the first goal. They got lucky that they that Nylander got time and space on that second goal because they lost a zone exit where Marner just missed, I think it was Matthews, by yeah. four yeah. feet with yeah. a pass. I know and then ends up going the other way. And and I just thought for a guy that has been the Leafs' best player this season, a guy that we all agreed was one of the stories of the season. He gets three points where you look at the box score and you go, how are you going to say he was a problem? I would definitely put him as one of the stories of the game of like, he did not look like regular season, Mitch Marner again.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't know. I just not nearly as slippery and able to, like you said, get to his spots. That's, that's basically the perfect way to put it. But you know, I, game one like he did have some good performances in the first round last year so you hope that he can kind of turn it around but i yeah. would say that the and listen for him to be able to look at the stat sheet and say i got three points and not be like a bagel that is good for the for a, it is. a goal score point getter that like they're not completely shut out that does help to force it right now yeah, yeah that, that does help somewhat for for confidence and, to, and if you're a point getter like him
2: yeah, i think I they think have they- massive decisions to make now what to do with lines like what comes yeah. next for this team is massive decisions.
0: I actually yeah. think it's kind of easy. Okay, I think that you're flat out like Yarn Croc easy, right? So top line. he slides in the top line, no questions asked, easy peasy. You keep in the fourth line as is too. Like what? How are you going to change that in any right? Yeah, I unless think you're that-
2: eleven and seven and take uh, Aston Reese out and put Nyes in.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it no well I don't sorry that happening like that dude if you do that boy what a what an aggressive move by Keith to do that you down a game is all of a sudden you've got 11 and 7 and you're taking Zach Aston Reese out um I think that at this point uh you've already said that what you want is that Tavares on the wing line like you're gonna run that one back. I think that you just plug and play. You're just dropping down. Not Matthew Nyes on the third line. You're flipping Yarncrock up, and it's basically yeah. as though Bunting has gotten injured, and everything else stays the same. Like I, I don't know, born how you wait, but to me, it's like flexibility is needed, and oftentimes Keith this season over tinkered. But I feel like if he pulls tw- a lot of the lines after game one. That's kind of an admission of I wasn't very confident in my decisions moving forward. Like if Ryan O'Reilly's playing, you know, and Tavares are both playing center in Game Two, I think that's an indictment of Keith.
2: Yeah, and and like Sam said, like that they were good tonight. That Ryan O'Reilly line, so I think you can show confidence in that. You know, Nye's mm-hmm. give you a little more pop than yarn crock. I think from the third line, like you'll you'll get a little bit of something. Speed mm-hmm. and energy that maybe Yarnkroc doesn't necessarily do. So you're right. I think the best thing they could do is say, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like mm-hmm. we are not going to suddenly start Joseph Wool. Like Samsonov's getting not get another crack yeah. at it. He, he's been the guy all year. Uh, you know, you're not going to suddenly say, you know what we needed last game? Lilligren. Lilligren would have done it. You know, no. like I think you got to go twelve and six. You're right. Nice. on the third line. Yep. Regroup, boys. Sammy? So. Well, you just mentioned about how bad, like it's the worst possible
1: game that could happen and it can only go up from there basically, which is somewhat of a pause. Like I would actually rather lose the way the Leafs lost tonight than the way the Oilers lost uh, last night in terms of like having a lead, blowing it. Like I think it's easier to be like, hey, let's flush this one, fellas. That's a dumb performance. Let's go into game two and and, and rally. But like I just – I think having this bad loss – and then coming out of it with the injuries that Tampa sustained today, boys, I, I don't know what the, the seriousness of it with with Hedman is. Chernak looked like he bonked his head really bad after getting bonked in the head by bunting. Like, those are two monstrous losses for them if they are at, you know, 50, 60%, you know, maybe they can't play. I, I don't know where you guys are at on that, but, like, that's a huge storyline going into game two.
0: Well, Bourne, let me just, uh, like, uh, there was there was a part of me that wondered with Hedman with the lead they had if they went, like, ultra-conservative, and then I thought, no, that's stupid. This is playoff hockey. There's absolutely yeah. no way. Like, if he's coming out of that game, yeah. he must be just aggressively. Uh,
2: you know, something where it just tweaks and doesn't feel right? Yeah. Well, because he is- came out on the – gave it a
1: twirl, and they were – because uh, CeCe was talking about maybe he thought it was, like, a skate issue, and they was, like, testing it out. And then he goes right back down the tunnel. And at that Mm -hmm. point, it was 3-1. Like it was a close game when they took him out. So it's not like it was the blowout yet. So like that, Chernak, I think that argument may actually hold a little bit of water. They were up big or whatever, and they had got the
2: power play, and they go into the third up 6-2, but Hedman's a different story. You know, it would have been a a fascinating question if I had said to you guys going into the series, all right, guys, Leafs lose game one but Tampa mm. loses Hedman and Chernak, will you take that deal? Will you start you t- the series down one nothing if they don't get to use those two guys the rest of the way? You might say yes.
0: I think you absolutely do. And, and let me just yeah, preface- You could talk me into yes, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Let me preface this by saying that I, I think that pretty much everybody doesn't root for injuries. Like I, I don't like the idea of Toronto all of a sudden just beating some depleted Tampa squad. Like I want to see Toronto win obviously, but that's really the last you sure about that. Well, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, 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 just I, I don't like seeing guys get hurt. Like I just, of don't course like, not,
1: but yeah. I won't care. I wouldn't enjoy it any less if they beat them without Hedman and Chernak.
0: No, no, no. I guess that's true. But yeah, I think <laughs> that, I think that there is definitely true. It's definitely true. I think there is a point of diminishing returns where if you lose a certain amount of players that people do remember that, but yeah, whatever. Yes. I would absolutely take the win regardless of who you have to ice depth matters. Injuries happen in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. It's not an excuse for Tampa in the sense of, Oh, well, you know, it takes m- that much away from Toronto. All I'm saying is that I'm, t- I'm trying to guess I tread Lifely when I say I would take this. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not rooting for the injuries, but you will take it as is. But that's the thing with Hedman, right? He's had a down season. And a lot of people have been wondering, has he been dealing with something for quite some time? Ooh. That's all I could wonder is, has he had something born, like you mentioned, like a groin injury that he's been trying to play through, trying to battle through, and then all of a sudden it just hit a wall come playoff time. And you go, damn, maybe, maybe that is just it for him. I, here's what I would say pretty conclusively. Even if he plays, I highly doubt whatever he left with is gonna be repaired over the course of this series.
1: Here, here's what John Cooper had to say about it. It was a yeah. little surprising. They are hopefully as good to game for game two, but too, way too early to say nothing more yeah. on that injury or any others. So they're obviously okay. not going to say anything. So okay. that's not a, that's not a, he's okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, that's kind of a nothing. Um, yeah. Can, can I just say this though, too? Did you guys think that it showed up enough? Those two guys being out of the game? Like again, the game script was so different by the time Cernak went out, but yeah, it's, didn't yeah, you I thought like the Leafs were look
1: kicking look the, the crap out of them without Hedman.
0: Yeah, okay. So then you Don't didn't you? feel that way, Warren?
1: Well, like I thought, like yeah, the they least best escaped so much after that. Yeah, the yeah. least best stretch of hockey of the game was literally the time that Hedman went out of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. In the, uh, that early in true.
1: the second period, like from the start of the second period until they went down four two, was by far their best stretch of hockey of the game, and that was when Hedman was hurt. So I think that matters.
0: Again, if you would have told me, Bourne, like they'd be down one nothing with those injuries, I'd be like, yes, they're absolutely fine. And this is actually probably a good position for them to be in. My only thing is, again, that they showed up and they looked so jittery for the minutes that I'm now very spooked that those guys are still going to be able to be spooked. Yeah, for sure. now, Now it's like, what happens if you are playing a tight checking game and it is going down to the wire and all of a sudden you're down a goal in the third to Tampa Bay at home? and it yeah. feels like your playoff lives are on the line is like do you really trust those guys to be able to dig deep and show you what they were in the regular season or do you think that the the jitters of the first 10 minutes of that game are going to show up when it matters and like now to me my confidence personally has been shaken in their ability to shake that
2: yeah you know like a good team Tampa Bay has won Stanley Cups I'm going thinking of last year's playoffs Tampa lost the game 7-3 You know, they, they won the series, you know, they lost a game by five to start the series. They won the series. It it is surmountable, but you're right. It takes a measure of confidence and patience and sticking with it. Hopefully the Leafs can cut out that chunk of the second period, watch it as a team and go, we just play five on five. We're okay.
0: Yeah. And And we talked about,
1: we talked about it today on real Kipper and born about how you can't, you got to try to not be a prisoner of the moment of game ones. And you have to try to like, just, you know, put it away and say, it's only one game. And I know it's impossible after, you know, I'm a fan of the team and watching that. That's one of the hardest watches I've had in a really long time. But like, I think you just kind of have to remember it's one game. They're a good team and you can go into it and you can beat them in game two, but God, it's, I'd be lying to both you boys. If I said, I wasn't a little bit shook up by that performance. Like it, it's, like, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a hard one.
0: You tried to give us the coach's speech there, which I liked. No, like, but it's <laughs> we're a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, they are no, they are a
1: good team. They're pressure, so yeah, much. They're so much better than they were tonight. They're so yeah. much better than they were tonight.
0: Okay, can I give you uh the practical fear born that I wanted you, in which I don't like. Here is the scariest thing of the game to me that was not the ghosts. Other than the taking of penalties, because again, this is the story of these two teams. If it ends up being a special teams battle, Tampa Bay is just as good, if not better. They just are. Like you yeah. see the able to set up with those guys and they're like Brayden point why had 50 goals this year and you go yeah how many do you have on that power play because those guys snap it around and they are deadly when they're down there it is when you see Stamkos, Point, and kucherov all just close in thing you're like oh this is this is a horror movie yeah. this is terrifying of course they're going to score a bunch of goals like this but the thing that i was not really expecting so much was how easy it was for tampa to gain the zone tonight yeah. You know, last year
2: in the postseason, Tampa Bay actually really struggled gaining access to Toronto's end. There was a lot of uh, up ice pressure. That was like the one thing Tampa was deadly in the postseason against them last year when they got set up, but they didn't get set up often. Like you think of that five minute they killed in game one last year, Toronto did a great job of pressuring the puck before it ever got to them today, far too easy to get into the zone and and just in general accessing the Leafs end. So A little bit of better gaps, a little bit of increased pressure. Like last year, they had harder PK guys, you know, Mikheyev and Engval that pursued the puck maybe a little bit more on the PK. Could use a little bit more of that flavor, that confidence, to take it to Tampa's uh, PP and don't let them set up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just felt like five on five, even though Tampa was just able to gain the zone over and over and over by carrying it in. I went, is their whole team, Nylander? Like, is their whole team just... Guys that make this look effortless, because all night long I could not believe—at least through the meaningful parts of the hockey game—I'll admit, like the third period, I was starting to check out a little bit in this thing, just staring at my phone. looking at the Blue Jays score. I learn
1: down four, like. Yeah, I was like, I
0: I I thought the biggest story of
1: tonight—the biggest story of tonight in Toronto sports—is just a great start from Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett (laughs)
0: lights out. Way to go! Seven (laughs) innings against the Astros. Okay, (laughs) like that's the only (laughs) thing that matters tonight, boys have it all right let me check uh my notes here is there anything else from you guys uh that we have missed so far in this game
1: yeah just a quick one last one i was just so proud of how horned up the toronto fans were at the start of that game Same, just absolutely juiced riled Deserved up loudest as, loud as hell and like this is a, a big throwback to amac he always used to tell me to texas to me or tell me be like oh imagine paying 500 bucks to see this can you imagine you spent two grand on a lower bowl ticket to watch that disaster tonight? I would have been booing my goddamn heart out. Like those fans were at the end of the first period, yeah. just sour
0: sour. I would have stayed the whole game and boo. never left out to boot it right until the very end. Uh, I'm a big fan of the boo. Some people think you never boo the team. I say boo to your heart's content. Absolutely. Yes. Do it. Here's my only thing about who played paid two grand for the lower bowl seats. It's like, you're probably fine financially if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. you spending your our- last
1: two grand on a, yeah. on a ticket.
0: I I don't think someone was like eating stale bread and saving up like you know Charlie in the Chocolate Factory Not- gets the one chocolate bar a year for his birthday, sleeping in his bed mm-hmm. with his grandpa. Yeah. Not a lot of
2: radio producers in that in those platinum no, seats tonight, no, Sammy.
0: Absolutely <laughs> not. You're right. But, you're right. But I still do feel for the, all the the fans. Like, listen, this is your hard earned dollar, and it's expensive to get into that arena. And you showed up, and you're paying for the fifteen dollar beers, and you and get you're to your loud, speech, and you're loud, and you're doing your absolute best, and they just lay an egg and shatter you in the first period. And Early. Sit there, and I will say this: like. So, you know how there's the discussion about during March Madness, should you show kids? Like, is it ethical to show kids crying during March Madness? There was a March kid Madness? cam tonight. There was a lot of kid cam tonight. Yeah, it was. And I just think in general, it's not kids. I think it's a cruel twist of the knife to show Leaf fans that they're most miserable. And I think, like, that is what gets every other fan base off is those shots of leaf fans in the arena paying for their expensive tickets My dude watching
2: eating off them he is should, eating off them they should, they
1: should you know what they should have had a the live can of cam of me in my living room on my couch be like
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so harsh when they capture the leaf fan having an existential crisis <laughs> like yeah. at the game Sparys. like you, you paid five hundred dollars to be memed to death from now on by Canucks Twitter because your heart is in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> because you got Great. you put it together one more time with like stucco and 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 tape to try to get yourself up to believe in this hockey team one Tap more time. Sign,
2: believe, it's so God harsh. Believe.
0: Seems so harsh, but I am with you, Sam. Like the 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 stuff is just always tough during this time. And seeing Maple Leaf Square basically abandoned at the end of the game and all the empty seats, you went. Woof! That is, yeah. Woof. it's going to be a puckered up medium for game two on Thursday night. Like there is just absolutely no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't really have anything else from this game. I'm looking for all good. It. There's nothing else that I've got, anyways. Born anything else from you?
2: Nope, that's it.
0: Well, thank you to everybody who watched this. I hope that this was at least a bit of a you know misery accompaniment podcast for you. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. We're doing it all playoffs long, which we're really, really hoping is more than four games. <laughs> 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 we're really, we're really, really praying. We're really hoping. As much as the Chris Bassett start was great, I I really don't want to flip into Blue Jays mode uh, in April. That's just not the way I want to be. Uh, so yeah, subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on five stars if you like it. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus, at JT Bourne at Sam A McKee. Uh, and then also I don't have my copy in front of me, Borny plug your book.
2: Oh yeah. You go down and back. Check it out. I, uh, talk about me a whole bunch.
0: <laughs> he does, but it's very good. Okay. That was a horrible sales as your, you know, de facto manager in this, yeah. I would like to say that the book is a very powerful, solid read for all hockey fans. I'm so, yeah, currently
2: mentally struggling with what just happened. I cannot believe we just did that show after. Yeah I, know.
0: yeah, I know that we did this show. I, I told you, like, I feel it was so weird watching it because I because – when you're in this business and, like, we all do other shows, like I do my show tomorrow at 9 with Versteeg. You guys do Real Kipper and Born tomorrow. You get used with to Messier. setting yourself – Oh, Messier. Nice one. Yeah. That's very nice. Uh, I'm sure he'll be like, no, that's exactly what my – I remember myself looking like that first 10 minutes. We've all had that before when I was the captain. Uh <laughs> You start to get into narrative brain of predicting like what is going to happen and what conversations are going to happen. And when Kyle Dubas was getting memed for note and he got, someone snapped a picture of him, put all over Twitter and they were like, what is he writing right now? And everyone was making, you know, the cover letter job application jokes. I was like, I'm starting to think about all the ripple effect conversations that are going to come oh, if God. early leaps off season. And I started oh, to get hit in my stomach thinking about having to do like I I saw
1: it I saw a tweet I don't know who said it but the best one I saw was Gensel Crosby bunting letang
0: hall (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I don't think that uh Dubas is taking bunting wherever he goes next I'm pretty sure he's not unless he's like going to the KHL anyways
2: game two two, boys new day
0: oh Uh, god Frank Cervelli going to have to update the top free agent seat. It might get bumped down the list. A spot or two after that one, Frankie. I think she said, all right, yeah, game two Thursday night. Lee's talk shortly after it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for following all of those things. For J.D. Bunkus, Sam McKee, and Justin Bourne. We'll see you Thursday night.